just knowing that I'm capable of learning, knowing that I'm capable of growing. And even though I'm stepping into this space, I've learned so much. Welcome to the Tara Talk podcast, a place for honest and open conversations to support you in living your best life from the inside out. Join me on this journey of self-discovery as we explore what it means to reach next level badassery and cut through the BS. So tune in, stay a while, and I promise I'll be right here alongside you as we figure the shit out together. Rosie, welcome to the podcast. I am so happy that you are here today. Me too. I'm thrilled. Yes. For those of you that don't know, I'm an online coach. Uh, I work with Rosie and I have been for over a year and I'm super excited to hear all about her journey and what she's getting out of working with me. And so welcome to the show, Rosie. Tell us about you. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I, I'm so excited. I always get, you know, I watched you for so long before... I really reached out and started working with you, which I think is pretty common, right? Um, as we, you know, decide to let people into our lives. And so, you know, being here, it all feels like kind of surreal. Like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know you before. And now I feel like I can call you friend, which is amazing. Um, so I'm Rosie. Uh, I like to introduce myself first as um, daughter of a king. You know, I'm a, um, I love Jesus. And so that's kind of like my first identification. I'm also a mother and a wife, um, as well as a personal trainer myself, a nutrition coach um, as part of what I do, um, which is kind of something that always held me back from getting a trainer, but we'll get into that later as we discuss more. Um, a friend, a daughter, you know, just kind of uh, all the things into, into the bag. Um, but most of all, I like to just, like, as I mentioned before, being the daughter of a king, I like to just be a good example. That's kind of like of a being a good human being and caring about others and loving people. And so it's kind of like my biggest driving force. What is being a good human being actually mean? <laughs> um, I think it means loving others. Uh, I think we were called to love everybody. Um, we don't have to be in love with everybody, right? But acting in love with people, being patient with one another, being kind, compassionate, understanding, merciful, graceful, and extending that to every single person on the planet. Um, I believe that God made each and every one of us. And I also believe that we are his beautiful masterpieces. And I want to treat people that way. All the time. Now I'm I'm also human, so I don't always hit the mark, um, but that's always the main goal. And if you guys are not watching this on YouTube, um, Rosie's wearing a little pin that says "I love you," which is so cute and so sweet. Just a little backstory on the word love, and I don't know if you can connect with this at all, Rosie. Is when I was growing up, we never really said "I love you." It wasn't like a thing that we would throw around. I think it was maybe because I had three brothers and maybe the brother sister thing. We just didn't say I love you back and forth. And then I have a weird dynamic with my parents. So we just didn't say it. And now like being in the world of health and wellness and being with an amazing partner and having clients like you, I will throw the word love around because I full heartedly mean it. And I'm so passionate about everyone really like loving each other and just being so grateful to one another. So what's your story with the word love? Do you have something similar like that? Um, I definitely have a story when it comes to love. I think as a kid, um, I grew up with a single mom. Um, my mom did being a mom now and knowing what it takes to raise people. Um, 
she did an amazing job with what she had available to her, with what she knew, um, but also growing up in a single parent family um, has its struggles. And at times I felt like I really had to earn my love, that I had to earn being paid attention to. Um, and that that wasn't true per se, but like in that in environment and in that dynamic, it kind of left space for that. And that's kind of where... Um, my identification of what love is, is trying to earn it and prove it and yeah. gain it from people. And in the Bible, we are given love freely. And I feel like as my story has evolved, I want people to know that they don't have to earn it. They don't have to do anything to des to deserve it, to get it. I want people to know that they are loved wholeheartedly for who they are, for who God has made them to be for just for, for everything and not feel like that there's anything that they have to do to get that, receive that love because it's been so freely given to us. I want to freely give it to others. And it feels good to love. I, I like you, yeah. I love telling people I love them. Um, I have friends who I say it to, um, when we get off the phone or I just text them, I love you. And I think it's important to let people, especially those in our life, to yeah. let them know that we love them, um, to let them know that that exists between the two of you, because I think it creates a really safe space when love is there. So. What happens if you say, I love you, and then you don't say it back? How do you feel? Oh, that's okay. That's okay. You no, don't want to bother you. No, they don't have to say it back. It's I mean, that's okay with me. I, I just like to tell people I love them. I I think I've told cashiers I love them. I don't know. It's really, <laughs> they probably are like, that chick is crazy. Um, but I think I don't, I don't feel like I need that so much anymore. Like I'm secure with the love that I know that I receive um, from God and I'm secure with who I am and how I love myself and how I display that. And I feel like that's kind of enough. Um, I don't want to necessarily, you know, I grew up feeling like I had to get that from people all the time. And so it was just this yeah. constant battle of doing the right thing. And now it's like, they don't have to say, I love me, you back. It's okay. When do you feel like love was that big shift? Gosh, probably, this is great. Probably in the last really since COVID started. Um, yeah. Wow. I mean, everybody has their COVID story, right? It was really difficult for everybody in, in lots of different ways. And um, for me personally, uh, a lot of different things that happened at that time in my life, I was a big um, endurance athlete. I ended up breaking um, my ankle right before this big race that I had a major goal for and was certain I was going to accomplish. And that got stripped away in an instant. Um, I really felt like at that time in my life, I um, just was kind of broken down into, into what felt like dust. I mean, I even told a therapist one time, I, I felt like I was dying and I started really seeking God to kind of save me through all of that. And in that time, um, I was led to different coaches, right? So this began, thus began my coaching journey. And I started with a fitness professional coach who kind of helps coach businesses and fitness professionals in their business. And it was through that coaching that led me to you because I decided, okay, as a coach, <clears throat> I feel like I'm constantly pouring out to my clients, which is great. But at the end of the day, I was showing up to the gym this kind of was nothing left for me. Like I wasn't, yeah. I was moving my body and doing stuff, but it, 
it really didn't feel purposeful. And I didn't like the feeling of being in the gym without a purpose. And so I thought, all right, I'm just going to hire a trainer. And I had all these feelings wrapped around, like, I am a trainer. Why would I hire a trainer? Like, Mm. does that make me not a good trainer? (laughs) But the truth is, I like having a plan in place. I like walking into the gym, not having to think about it and knowing that there's exercises to do and that they are helping me achieve my goal because you and I work together so well at discussing what I want, what I like, where I want to go. And then you do a great job lining up everything I need for that. And it's felt so good to have that coaching and to have that piece of my life kind of in place. Um, And then moving on to other coaching, my husband and I did some financial, have done some financial budget coaching together. We also have um, like a financial advisor, like investment coach um, as well. So we had had, we did those coaching modules. I've been doing some God coaching um, and getting some coaching in that. And I think through all of that coaching, becoming more confident with who I am, uh, more confident in God's plan for me, um, all of that stuff has led me to feel so loved that I have poured into myself that way. And that has allowed me to pour out so much more into others. So I think, you know, the biggest battle I faced in COVID getting just kind of feeling annihilated and to a certain point kind of helped piece me back together full of love because it's all of the coaches I've had Um, and you have been the one that's kind of been there through all of them is just so loving and so tender, I guess, in taking care of their clients and the people that are seeking their help. And I think that that's just really nurtured a lot of love out of me. I love that. And it's funny. I asked a question on my story the other day that was like, what's the best money that you spent in 2023? And I know that you put in like all the coaching because, so much of what we see is this like material or tangible items, but so much of what we can get is through these coaching and service-based things. And yes, they are money, like you're putting money into them, but the value over a long term is just so much more important. That, um, so I mentioned doing Ironman. So the last Ironman I did was a complete disaster. And part of it was because I through my training, I was experiencing some pain and um, discomfort that I thought, oh, I can take care of it. No big deal. And I never mentioned it to my coaches at the time, just thinking I could do it, manage it myself. Well, when that fell apart, I did finish, even though it fell apart. um, I started thinking about how I took for granted the coaching that I had at my fingertips that I didn't allow them in. And one of the great things that God gives us is skills and gifts that we're able to use. Um, But I think one of the things we don't think about often enough is the people he's placed in our lives and the skills and gifts that they bring and make available to us. And I feel like, you know, we also kind of live in this, like I can do it myself and I'm going to do it all the things, but, but why? Because we've been given all these people in our life. And I think really um, people want to help. People want to share their gifts. And I think I was doing a disservice in my own life and to the people that God had placed in my life by not utilizing them to their full potential. And by getting these coach, the coaching that I've had over the last few years, 
I've allowed them to use their gifts to make me better. And hopefully in some ways I've helped to make them better as well. And it's just this kind of reciprocal relationship and it, it helps us all be better. And I think if we can, you know, accept help. Like when I had ankle surgery, I thought I'll be back in the kitchen. And I, I finally asked for help because I could not get back in the kitchen and cook for my family. And I think that was like the big turning point was asking for help is okay because it allows you to to utilize people and their strengths and their gifts. And it makes us all better. So why not like lift everybody up? So, I mean, coaching yeah. has just been one of the, to release that control to release that feeling like I have to know it all and do it all it was never in the intended point of my life to be able to get through it by myself. So, um, I really enjoyed the coaching. It's really, I mean, I'm always looking for what's going to be my next, yeah. you know, we're wrapping up our financial coaching. I'm kind of like, all right, what am I going to get coached on next? Yeah. So. And I think what you also said about being a trainer and a nutrition coach and having a coach is like, oh, like, do I need this? I'm already doing this. This is what I was like, this is my job. This is my passion. This is why would I hire someone else to do that? But I think what you said is very true. It's the taking, it's you're, you're giving, giving, giving. And if you're not receiving, it's really hard to do yourself. So I actually love working with coaches because we're constantly giving to everyone else. And it's hard for us to give back to ourselves. And also like, to be honest, like in the grand scheme, I want to give all my clients like the best programming and coaching, but then I kind of forget about myself and I'm like, oh, I'll just do whatever. And then I right. don't see the progress and then I get mad. So it's like this vicious cycle. So mm -hmm. what goes through your mind when you're like, well, I should know this. Why would I hire for this? I mean, I think it's just recognizing too. And part of what really helped me realize like, okay, I can get a coach and it's okay. I mean, we can't know everything. And I, and I want to continue to learn. I really do feel like I'm a lifelong learner. I love learning and I love people. So learning with people, learning alongside people um, is something that I really enjoy. And working with you, I've implemented some of the stuff that we've done with my own clients. And I've, you know, learned and grown because it's just impossible to know everything in, yeah. you know, you're in this industry. And I think when you're working with others, you're getting exposed to different ideas and different approaches which I think is incredibly helpful for my own, you know, what I'm doing for my own clients and for myself. And so just kind of continuing with that learning um, and knowing like I'm going to learn. One of the things I've learned about myself is <laughs> I try to kind of start my own business. I don't, I like, I'm, I don't believe I'm really an entrepreneur, which is totally okay because we can't all be entrepreneurs. Yeah. And I have really learned in my coaching and the things that we're doing is I'm, I'm a really good teammate. And I think that that's really awesome too. I really do well in my best work when I'm working with others. And so I think coaching or being coached provides that environment for me to be a part of a team. It's a small team, but that's okay because it is a part of a team. I'm collaborating. And that's kind of something that fuels my passion and, and gets me going. And so I think that um, that helps me like decide I'm going to go ahead and step into this coaching because I work, you know, kind of from home. I'm not in a building with people and it allows me to form my little teams that help me kind of upgrade life a little bit. I love that. And I love that you said, not everyone has to be an entrepreneur. Not everyone has to do that thing. I work, I, I work with 
a lot of entrepreneurs, I, you know, interview a lot of entrepreneurs on this podcast so that they can share all of their expertise and what they're great at. But there's also people like you, like my husband that want to work with other people or that want to work with a team or work for corporate. And that's okay. I think, especially on social media, we see that like, Oh, get your own business. It's everything's great and amazing over here. And it's like, well, it is really freaking hard, but also it's not for everyone and that's okay. Yeah. My uh, husband and I talk a lot too about like our kids and, um, you know, whether they're leaders or, you know, you want to say followers, I I feel like there could be a better word for that. Um, but not everybody's a leader and sometimes being that follower, I mean, it's essentially, I'm like, you know, when I coach soccer, you know, not every player on my team played, but those bench players are really integral to the team. They make a difference. They're a part of the team they impact. And so I think it's important to know, like, you don't always have to take the reins. You don't always have to be the lead. You can be a part of the team and still play such an important, important role in that. And it can still be, you know, a good quality experience. Um, but I think, like you said, like we live in this kind of time where it's like, everybody's supposed to be the boss. Well, that's, we're not all supposed to be the boss. No. (laughs) Okay. Wait, speaking of, do you still teach, do you still coach soccer? Like, no, not anymore. Did when you did coach soccer, or I guess your um Rosie has two kids, eight and ten, I want to say. Yeah, he'll be eight in February. So yeah, pretty close. Okay. Yeah. And um, I want to know, are the kids still are the kids winning everything? You know how it's like, okay, this team won and this team lost. Is are they all still in this like we everybody wins kind of phase? I mean, <laughs> kind of. I mean, well, it's hard for me to say because one, okay, I was definitely a traditional team sports girl growing up. Okay, yeah. and I grew up in the eighties, so think about traditional team sports at the time. Yeah. Um, and my kids could be like farther from that arena um, now. Okay. I mean, there's, team sports is a lot more inclusive of a lot more things. Um, so I'm not saying they're not in team sports, but it's just not what I did. Right. So, right, okay. um, for instance, my daughter does cheer and gymnastics, which is individual a lot, right. um, what she's doing right now and some, and also kind of teamwork as well. But, um, it's, I don't see, like my son did flag football, I guess. And everybody still gets a trophy, which I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Why are I we giving everyone trophies? Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, and then. I was always very competitive. You know, I was just having this conversation with my mom because my daughter and my son are not competitive people at all. Um, My daughter and I have a very different work ethic, a very different work drive. And uh, I'm trying to learn to meet her where she's at because just because it's not like mine doesn't make it wrong. Um, But it is, I, my husband was a little upset that, you know, they're not all into these team sports, whatever. And, Um, I kind of enjoy it because I feel like the world's gotten really tense with competition. You know, they say comparison is the thief of joy, but competition is comparison. And so I try, you know, it's like finding that balance of, I'm not saying competition's not okay, but finding that balance of being okay with not competing all the time with not feeling like you have to level up with somebody all against somebody all the time, because that creates so much, um, stress and pressure and can make things not fun. But I do think, you know, it's just finding that balance. 
And I think that that balance is different for everybody. So kind of putting yourself in an environment where you have just enough, um, that kind of keeps fueling you to go to the next level without smothering you into not wanting to do it anymore. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, absolutely. And this actually brings me to the next question of like your fitness journey. So obviously uh, you said you, you did some sports growing up, you were an Ironman athlete, which I'd love to chat about that. And now, you know, for the past over a year that we've been working together, there hasn't been like one specific thing that you're competing for or a race day or something. And so I'd love to know like your evolution of where you are yeah. now. And are you like wanting some of that competition aspect at all? Um, that's a good question. Cause I was just looking up weightlifting competitions that's the other so day, funny. but, um, <laughs> you know, sometimes my husband's like, I think you need to find something to compete in. Cause you know, you really like having that. So I grew up playing soccer. Uh, I was very competitive growing up. Um, soccer was my main thing. Uh, and then I dabbled in lots of other different stuff. Um, then transitioning into adulthood, I did a lot of distance running. Um, I was starting in college around 18. I is when I consistently started going to the gym and weightlifting. Now, was I on a specific program or plan? No, but I was consistently in the gym trying to use some weights, right? Um, and then going through college, I ended up switching my major from engineering to become a PE teacher because I liked working out. Um, so I became a PE teacher and that, and it always continued to have, you know, decent fitness. I would go to the gym, maybe take some classes, work out on my own. And then running was always kind of a big thing. Um, I moved to Michigan, got a job at an athletic club and racing became like a big thing because a lot of people there did racing and um, triathlon specifically. So I kind of, I was really big into running and I had PR'd in a half marathon. And so I'm all on this PR high. And my friend asked me, Hey, do you want to do a half Ironman with me? Yeah, let's do it. You know, thinking like, sure, why not? And then realizing what I had got myself into. Uh, yeah. It's way more than so, a, a half marathon. Yes, and it yes, it is. And I so I did my first half Ironman in Traverse City. And that went my goal was to get in under six hours. And I finished in 559, like 34. But I was amazing. like, that's under six hours. Yeah, um, which was pretty amazing for a very very first time doing that. And I had a great race. It was absolutely amazing. I absolutely loved it. So I decided to sign up for another one. And I think that was COVID then happened. And so it got pushed back. So the race I was training for when I hurt my ankle was a 5k to run under 20 minutes, which I never got the opportunity to do, um, which is okay. And then when I healed up from my ankle surgery, I decided I wanted to take on another Ironman, just to kind of prove I could, I guess. I'm not really sure. So in 2021, I did another one. Um, and I got, I hired a couple coaches for that. I had a running coach and a swim and bike coach. Um, and then that kind of blew up. I had these really big high hopes. I got on my run. I could tell on the bike, something wasn't feeling right in my like right hip and I, but I just kind of kept pushing through it. I mean, you're on, you're in the race. I mean, like you're going now. Then I got to the run and probably a half mile into the run, my leg, like my right leg seized up. I had this like softball sticking out of my quad just above my knee and I could hardly bend my leg, but I hobbled, I walked, jog, cried my way to the finish line. Cause I'm like, I am not going to not finish. So I did 
that. And then that ended like that kind of ended my, well, I had a lot of rehabbing to do because I had some big injuries. Then I started trying to run again and I ended up breaking another ankle. (laughs) And that's when I decided like all of that wasn't for me, but Ironman training, I'm so grateful for that training because uh, it really, the discipline that you have to have, I mean, because it's hours, it's hours. I remember going out for a swim. My, my friend was paddleboarding in front of me and she was my site. So she would take me out on the lakes to do swims. And I remember we had paused at one point and she asked me, are you listening to music? I was like, how am I listening to music? I'm like, no, I'm just watching the fish and talking to God. I mean, that's pretty much all you can do. And in Ironman races, you cannot listen to music. So I never trained with music because I didn't want to feel like I needed that. Mm-hmm. So it was a time when I got to spend a lot of time in my own head, right? I mean, it's you're out there running and I didn't have a training partner. So a lot of my training was um, by myself. Um, the bike was, I had a really bad accident on my bike when I very first started training for my first one. Um, so the bike was always a big, like fear point for me. And I was, you know, kind of pushing through that. So pushing through that kind of fear swimming was not something I was super great at, but I ended up loving it. I mean, running was always my favorite thing. So it was just, it was a really unique opportunity, um, to train my body in that way and Mm -hmm. to be able to accomplish those. And I'm so super grateful that I was able to do them. Um, I have since retired from the world of endurance sports, mostly because I can't break ankles anymore. And so I always said I would run until my body didn't let me anymore. And I feel like one surgery and another broken ankle was probably like, that was enough. Um, So that transitioned me then to, you know, kind of finding you and that strength training um, through all that stuff. And I love it. I have, I mean, I've always loved strength training, but it's never been my primary focus. It's always kind of just been to support endurance training. Um, but I, I love being strong. Um, I, I love being in the gym. I love what my strength enables me to do. Like you mentioned my kids, 10 and eight, that my son loves to wrestle. Um, he's the eight year old. So he's, and he's a tiny guy. So (laughs) that helps, but I feel so amazed at what I can still do with my children. And a lot of that is attributed to the strength that I have and the training that I have. Um, and just that I'm able to kind of navigate life with mobility, which is something I never really worked. I knew was important, but never really worked on until you and I worked together. Um, and so now that I'm making time for that because it's in the program, um, I just can see a big difference in how my body feels compared to endurance training because I mean, as much as I love it, endurance training is really tough on your body and requires a lot of recovery. Um, and I don't think I really ever took care of myself properly. And when I was doing that, and so I feel just like so much better, the strength training. Yeah. So tell the people what really is the big difference. I mean, obviously it is very different because you were only, you were doing half Ironmans, right? Yeah. So a half Ironman, tell me if I'm wrong, is a half marathon. Mm -hmm. It's a one mile, two mile swim. 1.2 mile. 1.2 mile swimming in the water, swimming, you guys, that that would be like so hard for me. That's the one thing that I would always be like, no, I can't do a triathlon because I can't (laughs) swim. I mean, I can, but like, not like that. Anyways. Right. And then how long is the bike? It's 56 miles. 56. Okay. 56 miles. So obviously the training is very different, but like 
mindset wise, um, more, I guess a little bit of the training, what is the main difference on strength versus endurance for you? So, well, one, I mean, endurance training, training for Ironmans was like having a part-time job. I mean, I would spend 20 hours a week training. I mean, you're talking, I'd have three and a half hour bike rides. I'd have to get up before the sun came up so that I could yeah. hit the trail as soon as the sun peaked out. Then I'm riding my three and a half hour bike ride. Plus, if it's closer to the race, you're talking about doing a brick, which is a bike and a run. So then you're adding on a six mile run. I mean, you're talking about a four and a half hour training time and then get home, you know, and by the time I get home, it's like 12, one o'clock, it's like lunchtime. And I, you know, I would miss a lot of time with my family. Um, yeah. And at the time I was doing this, I was working like 60 hours a week and training, you know, 20 hours a week. It was just, it gobbled up a lot of time. Um, and then I feel like with strength training, that's one of the things I love about my training program now is that I don't spend near as much time. And I feel so much better. It's like, oh, isn't that amazing? Um, and I've always <laughs> kind of known that. I, um, I think one of the big things that I held on to endurance training for was that's where I felt like I connected with God. Like I would be out on my runs. Like I can only connect with God on my runs. And I think um, part of the process and that being taken away is also having learned that I can connect with God on a lot of other planes. And it's not just in running. God definitely met me there because that was kind of, where I felt like that was my wheelhouse, right? And God met me in that space because that's where I was the most comfortable, right? Like I didn't grow up going to church and all that. So sometimes that space felt really intimidating to me. Right. But by bringing God into where I was already comfortable, I was able to really plant that seed and grow that relationship and trusted him when, that's, when that was no longer available to me that I can still find God everywhere I go. So now I get to garden because I have time for it. I mean, on the weekends, I'd be, you know, up and running. And it's like, you know, you're spending all that time doing that. I can, I garden now, not right now, because I'm in Michigan and everything's dead here. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, but just like the time it has allotted me to be more present with my family, um, just my recovery, like my body doesn't ache all the time and hurt all the time. And I'm, you know, not only would I spend all that time in training, then if I am going to recover, there's all the time you spend in recovery. Right. And it's just, it's, it's just a lot. It's just have, it was just, to me, it felt like it was just starting to consume my life more than I wanted it to. And strength training, um, just kind of, allows me a lot more freedom than I feel like endurance training does. Now I'm not, you know, I will always have a special place in my heart for that time in my life. And I will always appreciate it. Um, but I'm glad I, I find that I'm glad that I have transitioned to something else and into that strength training space. And as far as like mindset goes, I feel like for me personally, a lot of that is the same. It still requires the discipline to show up. Um, it still requires the discipline to work hard it still requires, you know, the discipline to do it when I don't want to do it. Um, and so I appreciate, you know, I still get kind of the same endorphin rush. I still connect with God. Um, I actually listen to worship music while I'm lifting weights. <laughs> but um, I still feel like I have a lot of that stuff and I have more time, if that makes sense. Right. Of course it makes sense. You know, I feel the same. I was, yeah. I was never really an endurance athlete, but I did the whole hit thing and was like, I have to sweat. I have to work hard. I have to be exhausted. Yeah. My body has to be wrecked or this doesn't count right. for so many years. And really for the past, like five or six, it's been like, Oh, I can actually work out less, feel stronger, better, 
and like, yeah, just have more time in general. So I think like that mindset switch is tough, but once you get there, it's like, you can't ever go back. But I think the cool thing about you and I mean, in the similar sense, by the way, Rosie is the strongest. Oh, so freaking strong. (laughs) Every time I see her numbers, I, and her videos, I'm like, I think I told you this in a voice note recently. I was like, you are a superhero, super mom, super. Like if I saw you at the gym, I'd be like, holy moly. Like this woman is such a badass. Um, but she's also really agile and, um, likes to do like plyometrics and conditioning and stuff too. And the fun thing about working with her is that we've been able to have these blocks of let's get super, super strong and see how much you can lift off the ground. And then also let's do this move that you've never been able to do before. And then, you know, see that progression. So I think the cool thing about being an athlete for so long is that you do have this discipline and drive, but also you're so excited about the challenges. So what kind of things could you give, like maybe a new gym goer, you know, in January of 2024 that could get them really excited to keep going, to keep showing up? Um, okay. So for, I mean, I, you know, I have been doing fitness for a long time, but there's a lot of things that I can't do or are new to me. I mean, every time I feel like every month Tara gives me something that I'm like, I just get angry and I'll even send her like, this is stupid and I hate it. And I don't, why did you put this in here? But then as, cause we stay with this, the program for four to five weeks, like, and that's the other thing I think people miss when it comes to this type of training is you can't, it's, you can't be doing a different exercise, a different workout every time you go to the gym, like your body mm-hmm. needs time to progress in the, in the movement pattern that you are giving it. And so by having you design these programs, I'm like, I stick to the routine for this you know, length of time. And I really start to see the changes. So, um, like even in my mobility, um, there's a couple mobility moves like the overhead squat and then, um, these passive squat knee drops that, you know, I've seen you do before. And I think I've tried breaking things when I did them a year ago, but then now they're happening and they're almost happening easily. And so it's kind of like, it takes time, but I mean, what else do I have? I mean, I have time and so I can just keep progressing with it. And I think it's just about being patient and with the process. And when I like got to this point, you know, I just think over the last couple of weeks, I've been having these realizations like, Oh my gosh, this stuff I couldn't do before I can do. And it's, yeah, it's taken a year, but what can I do a year from now? What am I going to be able to do two years from now? And it, that excites me because it's like, now I hope I'm here another year and two years after that and years after that. And it's like to think about the progress that I'll continue to make as I keep showing up. Um, and as for like being, if you're new in the gym, I think in January, there's a lot of people in this space and that can be intimidating and overwhelming. And even for me, I went to the gym yesterday and so many people in there. I mean, the outside of the gym was like steaming up, right? The windows are steaming. There's so many people. And I, even though I've been going for a long time, I don't like that. I don't necessarily like being in crowded spaces and gyms. So I will try to find an area of the gym, maybe a corner or an area I can go and be by myself and do my own stuff so that I don't necessarily have to deal with the masses. Um, and, and learning how to kind of drown that out with either music or listening to a podcast um, or whatever that might be to help me feel like, even though I'm here and there's all these people here, 
I'm going to stay in my own space and I'm going to, you know, focus on me because the reason I'm there, one, I want to make sure that like, I'm respecting this vessel that I've been given and honoring it. And two, going to the gym fills me so that I can then pour out to others. So I don't always, it's, it's not, it is about me, but it's also about other people. I'm a better mom because I go to the gym. I'm a better wife because I go to the gym. I'm a better coach. There's so many things I'm better at because I show up in that space. And I want to continue to be better for those people. I want to continue to offer value to people and getting that in for me and feeling so strong and confident helps me to do that. So it's like, for me, it's a no brainer for somebody starting out. I think it's important to, to stay the course and to keep going and to know that you're going to see those changes. And even though it might take, you know, a little time, I know we live in an instant gratification kind of world, but there, I think there's something special about the stuff that takes time to develop. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I totally agree. And I think even just piggyback on that, like giving yourself some small wins too, will get you into that place of like being patient for this long-term success. So for an example, it could be just like getting to the gym. It could be having your clothes out already ready for you in the morning so that you could just put them on to go. It could be upping your steps, drinking more water. Like these little things can actually add up Mm -hmm. a ton over time too. And they can all be wins that add up in the long term. But the more you show up for yourself for those small wins, the more these like big wins become like more manageable and easier to get. For sure. It means like that compounding effect, right? You do one little thing and the next little thing and they, and it it continues to add up and kind of takes you to that big place you want to be because we have to take like those little steps to get there. I don't think it's, it's not always that just one big leap and you're there. And I think, um, it's funny where I was talking, my daughter was talking about school and I'm not going to need to know this. And, um, I told her, it's not about what you're learning in school. It's how you're learning to, how you develop skills that make you a good problem solver, um, skills that make you a good communicator, skills that make you good at relating to people. And you learn these skills through the projects that you do at school, through the assignments that you're doing, right? And same thing with coaching, right? It's in, or showing up to the gym. Um, you know, a lot of what I'm learning to do there helps me in the real world to apply that same discipline to the real world. It helps me to remember, okay, just because I'm not seeing my kids, you know, learning whatever it is I'm trying to teach them today in a year from now, how good are they going to be at it in a year? You know, so it's like, if I can keep showing up in this space and seeing these changes, well, I can keep showing up in this space and keep doing the little things to see the changes. So it's you know not about necessarily the specific thing you're doing there, but the skills you're learning while you're there. That makes sense. I keep of saying course that makes it makes sense. sense. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, it's, it's also a ripple effect too, because you know, you tell your clients about it, you tell your husband or you share this with people and it just like ripples out to everyone around you. And if you want to be around someone that has this positive strength, find someone like Rosie, because she will definitely give you all the love and positivity and happiness. Um, So how do you feel confident in these other parts of your life? Maybe that don't feel as I'm going to say, quote unquote, easy, because we both know it's the discipline that you're putting in the gym. 
how do you show up as confident to something new or something that is more uncomfortable at this point in your life? Oh, that's a good question because I just started this job. Um, and yeah. I started as a personal assistant for this woman and she basically needed help kind of getting her business organized. She's got this business, she's growing and I was going to step in and help her organize it. And I am not I don't consider myself a techie person. Um, and she basically wants to streamline her whole business and her systems all kind of virtually. And it was very intimidating and kind of scary because she would ask me, do you know how to do this? Yep. <laughs> and then I would get onto Google. How do I do this? Um, and so I think, you know, just knowing that I'm capable of learning, knowing that I'm capable of growing. And even though I'm stepping into this space, I've learned so much and I've only been with her now for a couple of months, but I feel like I have learned so much in that time and grown in this space that I'm not familiar with. And I think applying a lot of what I am comfortable, like going to the gym, right? Like that's a very comfortable space for me. But taking those same principles, like why am I so comfortable when I show up there? Because I, I know I can figure it out. Um, I know if I do it over and over again, I'll get better at it. And taking those same principles and applying it like to this job, for instance, I know I'll figure out the stuff she needs me to get done. And I know if I try and try and try, eventually I'm going to get to a place where it becomes easy and becomes like, oh yeah, I know how to do that. No problem. And so I think it just, you know, having that confidence going into places like, okay, I might be uncomfortable, but I've been uncomfortable with stuff before and I've gotten better at it. So as long as I can kind of stick with it, I know it will continue to improve. So I think that's kind of how I step into things that I'm uncomfortable with. Just knowing that I kind of am relentless when it comes to being good at something. <laughs> and so just not giving up and just yeah. keep going. And I, and like you said, you're a lifelong learner and you're resourceful. So you figure it's almost like it's figure outable. You'll figure it out. Do you consider yourself tech savvy now? Uh, I don't know if I would say I'm tech. I'm definitely getting more tech savvy for sure. I'm not as, I'm not as intimidated by that space. Right. Kind of like if you're new to the gym, but maybe you're super great at tech stuff. Right. It's like, I'm no longer scared of that space. I wouldn't consider myself an expert by any stretch, um, but I am not scared of it anymore. I know where I can go to find what I need. I know um, that if I try something and it doesn't work, that it's not like a failure. It's learning how not to do it and moving on and trying something else. Um, so I don't feel scared of it anymore. And that's a huge step, I think, into anything is just to not having, being able to release the fear of it allows for a lot more exploration. So I'm open to like learning a lot more about it now. Like there's so many, I mean, all these things I know that I never knew about before. It makes me, it's exciting, right? It's yeah. like, you know, to be almost 43 years old and still learning and still growing and still feeling like there's more to get out of this world is kind of exciting. What's a big, scary goal you have for 2024? A big, scary goal. That's a great question. I think um, continuing to be comfortable in the space that I'm in. I um, Before COVID kind of happened, before I um, a lot of things transitioned in life, I had 
like a, a big job and very career driven. And I um, kind of let that go to be home more. And I, I consider myself more of a full-time mom with part-time work. And sometimes that's really hard for me because I feel like I have a lot to give the world. But I, I in this year, I want to become, I want to get to the point where I don't necessarily face that um that kind of back and forth mm. conversation in my head of I'm not doing enough in the real world because I feel like raising two children to be good humans is a really big task. And mm. uh, I just want to feel really comfortable with saying that my primary focus is here and my secondary focus of work, um, while I'm going to commit everything I have to that, I'm going to be okay with it being a secondary focus because I know as my children grow and that I begin to have more time for that, um, that that can grow too, because we can, careers are, are always there. We can get a right. career anytime, right? But our children, we get one shot. And so I want to be just completely comfortable with my primary role um, right now and being their mom. And so that's kind of, I think, so that I no longer have those thoughts of I'm not contributing enough to the world. I want to have it be like, I am doing the world a big service by yeah. sending out two people who are good and capable Amazing. in the world. Yeah. <laughs> what you said, you said the word enough a lot. What does enough actually mean? Um, you know, like, like being enough in the world or something. I don't know. I mean, I think you feel like, you know, you're supposed to do all of these things. Um, one of two words, you guys, yeah, I say supposed to like two words. I am, I have been diligently eliminating from my vocabulary is should and just, um, I don't use those words. And if I do, I re say my sentence to take them out, um, which can be interesting. If you ever want to try it, it, sometimes you really have to kind of think about that a little bit, how you eliminate those words. But, um, you know, I think that the world holds the standard of what's enough, right? What we're supposed to contribute, what we should be doing. Um, and I want to feel like what I'm doing is impacting the world that God has put around me, that I don't have to impact the whole wide world. That wasn't yeah. my task. Um, that it's okay to stay focused on this world that's right here in front of me and not feel like I have to be touching every corner of the globe. Yeah. So your enough is in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. That's another good one to do, you guys. If you want to try, try to define the word enough. It's harder than it seems. And a yeah. lot of times that word is based off of other experiences or memories or stuff that we had growing up because we are a product of our environment. So mm -hmm. writing it out and thinking about it out loud is, is super helpful too. I love that. Yeah. So what, um, I like to, you know, finish off the podcast with this one question. I know you've been in fitness for so long, but like, if you could go back, what is one thing that you would tell yourself before you started your fitness journey that you know now? Oh goodness. Um, strength matters. I think being strong, even if you're an endurance athlete, I've had lots of, I have lots of endurance athlete friends who, neglect strength and then wonder why they're not seeing improvements in their endurance training. Yeah. And I think, um, the biggest thing is being strong matters. And I think dedicating time to that and that we all have different goals. And so that might look differently from person to person. Um, but I think being strong is so important. And it, I kind of wish I had placed, 
I mean, I shouldn't say I wish I would have, right? That feels like a should in reverse. Um, <laughs> but if I could go back and tell, you know, myself something is, you know, keep that as your base and kind of let everything else work its way in if it fits. Don't try to force it. But being strong, um, it's just, that's that's the jam. Yeah. I like to call <laughs> strength training as the queen because we don't, yes. we don't need to use king over here. Right. Strength training <laughs> is your queen and then you can have other things kind of with it too. Right. Well, you know, in chess, the queen has more mobility than the right. king anyway. So. I, you know, I, to be honest with you, I've never played chess. So this is something that I learned today. That's great. Okay. Now that I know that I'm definitely going to use it more. Yeah. So I, yeah, I think strength training is kind of really the foundational piece because that's what adds to our longevity. I think that's what adds to our quality of life. Um, you know, you sprinkle in the rest. I mean, it's going to make your endurance training better if that's what you do, right? Your strength training is going to look different than mine, right? If you're an endurance athlete, because you have to spend time doing that too, right? So it can, you, but that's the other great thing. And one of the things I've loved about being a fitness professional slash being in the world of fitness, um, as long as I have is we're so moldable and fitness is such a catalyst for that. It is just what can help mold you and help you be what you need to be in whatever season of life you're in. And that kind of going back to how we train and what we've done, we've had seasons where we've focused on my big strength numbers, where it's been all about strength, strength, strength. And now we've kind of morphed into a little bit of more conditioning and maybe what I like to say is like applying that strength, but still working on being strong. Um, and so you can just really make it whatever you want it to be. It doesn't have to be, you know, I don't want people to feel like they have to put like, well, if I'm strength training, that means I can only go to the gym and do this or that. It can be so many things and it can really form and shape to whatever the demands of your life are at that time. Yeah. Love that. Is there anything else you want to leave with the audience and where can people find you, Rosie? Okay. Um, well, I mean, you know, just to talk up my girl Tara a little bit more, I just, I always tell her this every time we're together and that way you just met and I didn't say we met recently and I didn't say this, but I appreciate you. Um, I appreciate you for everything that you bring into my life. I appreciate that, you know, you and I don't always share the same, you know, we're not, not everything we like interests that we have are the same, but we're, I think we're so open with one another and so accepting. And I appreciate that about you. You're so comfortable to work with. And, um, I always look forward to our time together and I think you're just the best. And I, I have been so, um, grateful for the way that you have tailored my training and really just made it become a part of my life. I enjoy again. It doesn't feel like work anymore. You know, it just feels like something I enjoy. So thank you. I think you're great. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. What about Uh, on Instagram? People can find you and, and, um, yeah, fit living F I T T L I V I N, um, is where you can find me on Instagram. Um, and that's pretty much it. And and you can find me on Facebook, the same thing, whatever, but yeah, that's where you can follow me. If you want to see what I'm up to from day to day. Yes. Well, again, (laughs) thank you so much for being here. This is a great, open, honest conversation. I appreciate you and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for coming to this Tara Talk. I hope you're taking something away from this episode. And if so, I would love to hear about it. You can connect with me at the Tara Talk and at Tara LaFerrara on Instagram. A few ways you can help support the show and help spread the word. You can share it on Instagram, tag at the Tara Talk and at Tara LaFerrara. 
send an episode to a friend, and please leave a review if the show is resonating with you. It takes just a few minutes and it means so much to help this show grow and it helps me to continue to bring on badass guests for all of us to learn and grow from. I am so happy you're here and excited to be on this journey with you. Until next time, be a badass with a good ass.